Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. So I'm excited today because I had a chance to catch up with David A.R. White. He is the co-founder of Pure Flix. He is also the star of a new film, Love on the Rock, which is streaming right now on Pure Flix. We're going to get into all of it. It's it's really action and romance, and there's just a lot in this movie, Love on the Rock, and a little bit of biblical history when it comes to the location of filming the movie, which we'll get into as well, and then our second interview, and like I said, it's a packed show, we've got two interviews, is with Caleb Grimm, he is the star of a show about Anthem Lights, he is also a singer in the band Anthem Lights, and both of these projects a show about Anthem Lights and Love on the Rock are streaming right now on Pure Flix. There is so much going on. Obviously, Pure Flix is the primary destination for faith and family-friendly entertainment, and we're going to get into all of that. But first and foremost, let's catch up with David A.R. White. With no further ado, let's welcome him to the podcast. David A.R. White, how you doing today? Well, Billy, uh, every time you're on the other side of this uh, Zoom call, it couldn't be a better day. Well, look at that. Look at that. I'm glad to bring joy to your life, David. I am. So, so we actually have another new movie to talk about today. And it's been a little bit since we've since we've chatted. It's Love on the Rock. And this is a film that hits Pure Flix on or actually hit Pure Flix on February 1st. Tell me a little bit about the movie. It's a little different from some of the other stuff you've done. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm excited about this movie. You know, it's 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 a mixture between like an Indiana Jones meets, uh, you know, maybe a James Bond movie in the midst of, you know, romance and intrigue. And then it has this really cool biblical backdrop to it all. Um, and, and it's about purpose and, and meaning and, and where do you fit, you know, in in your in in the world that you're living in. And so um and, you know, in February, I can't imagine a better uh, movie to watch that has the best backdrop because who doesn't want to go to an ocean or, you know, a beach and, you know, look at beautiful scenery. So Especially you know, in February when it's cold for a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean, no matter even when you live in Los Angeles, you know, you're still kind of like, wow, I sure would like to go to a beach. Well, well, you guys, I'm sorry, hold on. You guys in Los Angeles, you, I, I always laugh because, and I hope I'm not offending any Los Angeles people, but, you know, you go and you look, it's like 65 degrees and everybody's in winter coats and scarves. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's very cold. It's like, it's almost, you know, it's like in the 60s. <laughs> it was negative six the other day. Okay. here. So I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about cold, but well, anyway, so you, so it's a beach setting and you mentioned the biblical backdrop. You filmed it in Malta, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you don't know much about Malta, Malta is, you know, uh, it is this rich biblical history uh, island where Apostle Paul was shipwrecked. Um, not many people are aware they they're aware of that because they, you know, they have the island there and they have the statue of Apostle Paul and and it's in the movie and we talk about it. It's cool, um, but also Peter was there in the cave with Paul. 
And Luke was there. And Luke wrote, you know, half the New Testament there. And so it is, you know, I mean, just the biblical backdrop of that alone, you know, with those apostles uh, is huge. And and I love, obviously, I, I'm a big believer in purpose. And, um, and uh, where does it fit into all, each and every one of our lives and how? And I love that it's in this movie in this fantastic way you know, with intrigue, with action, with romance, and yet at the very core, what is our purpose in life? And your character, Colton, Colton Riggs, tell us a little bit, like, how would you describe him to us? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, the kind of the archetype was uh, uh, the, the Die Hard movies, you know, Bruce Willis and Die Hard. He was like this he is, uh, uh, Colton is a Chicago, former Chicago cop that was alienated and uh, the corruption there, he was kicked out because he wouldn't go along with the corruption. And because of that, he lost everything. Um, he lost his wife, he lost his, you know, his uh, uh, pension, his dignity, and he just decided, decided to try to escape it all. And he goes to this island of Malta thinking that he can just get away not have a purpose anymore, you know, uh, be away from law enforcement. He takes up fishing and, uh, you know, and it would be like, as if I, if that was something that I did, you know, and, and you know, in my life, I'm like over it, I'm out of Los Angeles I'm gonna go fish. and I'm going to, you know, run a fishing, you know, a, a travel boat, uh, in the middle of an island somewhere, you know, and then that's what he does. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the story, I think how, uh, I, um, being in the right place at the right time for such a time as this, Colton Riggs is swept back into this whole, not even just a, you know, uh, a thing on the Island, it affects the whole world. And, um, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so it's funny because he goes there for peace. He's fishing. He thinks he's getting this calm life and then life does not stay calm for very long, obviously, as, as people yeah. will see in the film. How would you, I love to ask actors this because every character is different what are the similarities between you, David White, and and Colton? Like, what are the things that are similar? What are the differences? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the whole, if you're, I mean, I don't want to say if you're a good actor because, you know, people can always, everybody has their uh, their opinions on it. Um, but if you are a, uh, I think it's important to always bring yourself into the characters that you're playing, a piece of yourself. And, for me, I find that life imitates art in a lot of different ways, um, and or art is imitating my life in a lot of different ways. And you know, when we shot this, it was 2020 um, in November, right in the middle of the pandemic. We went to uh, Malta because they would have us. We a loved the biblical aspect of it, but also it was really great because they would have us, and we didn't have to you know do this whole quarantine for you know 14 days before. Uh, we could move and shoot and, you know, and uh, they shoot Jurassic World. You know, they've shot the, all the dress, the, the last Jurassic World that was shot there. I don't know if all of them have been there, but um, we came in right after that. And so the crews were amazing. And the uh, experience was we had a whole run of the island. It was ex it was an exceptional thing. But how it relates to me is in a lot of ways, I think I was trying to get away from Los Angeles for starters. You know, in the middle of the pandemic, Los Angeles was not the place to be. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we were shut down every which way, you know, um, uh, and it was like, uh, 
you know, a different state or a different country over here. And so, you know, there's part of me that just wanted to escape that, escape 2020, escape, um, you know, I'd uh, gone through some personal issues and different de- deals. And so um, that's how, I think that's how it was relatable to me. And and I think it's, that's relatable to a lot of people, especially middle-aged people, you know, who are, you know, they say you're going through your middle-aged crisis, maybe. Um, uh, for whatever reason, you're bored at your job, you're, you know, your family's not going well, you've lost a loved one, you know, there's different reasons why we just want to escape our reality at times. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, that's what Colton Riggs has gone through. I like that. And it's true. I mean, you look around America, people are moving right now. They're leaving. I live in New York. They're fleeing New York. They're going to other places. Um, People are leaving California. They're looking for, I think the pandemic and the chaos and all of that, it's so relatable. People really do want to find something fresh or new or start over that. That's something we can all relate to. So I think that character um, is, is a really relatable character for everyone, but I have to, I got to ask you about the, the fact that you're doing these action, and this movie has a lot of different things, as you mentioned. There's romance, there's action, but you had Beckman, right? Now you have this film. Um, this is sort of a a newer sort of arena for you, it seems like, kind of moving into these different types of movies. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of. Although I feel like I've done, you know, people are always like, action movie, David Ayer White, like, this is a whole new thing. And I'm, you know, yes, we have the, you know, if you could see the God's Not Dead movies behind me, yes, that those are the, I think, probably what I'm most notable for. Um, But uh, I've been doing action for quite a while, you know, I mean, you know, we did Mercy Streets, one of my favorite movies uh, was shot in in 2000, you know, the, uh, how many times have I not been raptured, but, you know, run around in the apocalyptic world. (laughs) Uh, like a lot, uh, you know, with a lot of action and fighting and guns and everything else. Um, it just, it just has morphed into a different, you know, part of my vision and part of my dream for, for this genre has always been to expand the genre. Um, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to make, uh, you know, because a lot of people's vision and dream is always to make it more mainstream. They want to, take faith out or make it more generic or, you know, or, or have like a very light message about God. Um, I, yes, in, in some ways we have done that in different, you know, different things uh, that we've done like Malibu Dan, you know, is a sitcom. So obviously, you know, there's not a lot of uh, evangelization going on in Malibu Dan, the family man. Um, but I love the idea with, with Beckman, for example, you know, going into uh, what, what in the world would it be like if a hitman, what is his relationship to God like? You know, <clears throat> I think that's fascinating. And so I wanted to explore that. And with this movie, I think these movies are so popular. I love to watch these type of movies. Um, you know, my, my kids get into them. They're, they're adventure. They're like these national treasure type, you know, you learn things along the way, yet you're also involved in intrigue and action. And there's, you know, the fights aren't brutal. They're like, um, uh, you know, there's certainly, but there's action elements to it. And yet at the same token, then you have the romance side and, and, but it's fun romance. It's not like, you know, we're not doing, uh, you know, like the, whatever those sparks <laughs> movies are, you know, <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, it's light romance. And so you don't have to feel like, Oh no, my child can't watch this. The, you know, I'm going to have to like shield everything. Uh, it's fun romance. And I think that's, 
I don't know, in, in life, especially in 2020 and everything that this pandemic has brought to us, I feel like a lot of, um, I, I want to bring the element of entertainment escapism in one way, right? You want to take yourself out of the world that you're living in the heavy world and you want to go have fun when you, when you sit down and you watch something at night and to, at the same token, to still be true to what we do is to breathe the faith out, you know, um, the Holy Spirit, where does that fit that relationship to God in the midst of even these other fantastic things that we haven't even touched on? You know, there's never been a movie like Love on the Rock in in the faith-based world or Beckman for that matter, yeah. um, you know, or Holy Man Undercover for that matter. Uh, you know, movies that I really actually have a heart for that they were made for a, they were made with a purpose and a reason behind them. I didn't just wake up one day and, and think, Oh, I'm going to make this stupid movie that, you know, <laughs> that I might get some, you know, heat or, you know, people might not hundred percent agree with, but, um, but overall, I think people, I, I'd like to believe that in my, in my career and, and the, the body of work that I do, that people see that still that, that love for the Lord and the heart for God in the midst of just maybe just a different story and go along with it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm proud of Beckman. I'm, you know, obviously, you know, it was a, it was a tricky deal about the promotion of it because did it align up with pureflix.com? Did it not, you know, this was a big question. However, it had like a, you know, almost an 80 some percentile finishing rate of people who started watching that movie, which is exceptionally high for it is, things yeah. in the SVOD, the streaming service, because most people shut it off after, you know, 40%, they're, you know, 50, you know, anytime you get over 50% of people who actually finish something they start is extraordinary. So um, for that, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of them. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that we're, what we're all discovering and, and we know this as people who watch things, right? That, that people want different, different things. They want different genres. And the fact that this movie, you know, shows you, you got romance, you've got action, you've got a lot of different things happening. It appeals to a lot of different people in, in different families, right? So you could sit down and everybody can enjoy something about it. And we're seeing more and more of that with Beckman that there was a, a thirst for action. People were telling Pureflix that they wanted to see that. And I and again, it reflects what we see happening in movie theaters across the country. What are people going to see? And there's a way to do that storytelling. And I think that you found a great way to bring these themes in and tell it in a compelling way and that the audience, you know, is reacting to that. So so I so let me ask you this. You have been doing, you've been doing this a long time and you're not just an actor, you are a writer and a producer and you do it all. What are some of the big lessons? And I know this is sort of a, a loaded question and there's probably a lot of lessons, but what are some of the biggest things you've learned throughout your career in Hollywood? Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the, one of the things is that you are enough the way that you were created. And, you know, when you think about, well, what would you tell somebody who's coming into this world or, you know, um, or what did you, what did you, maybe what did you gather out of it? I'm not saying don't, you need to pursue the gift or the art form uh, or whatever it is that you want to do and be excellent at it, right? But know that you don't have to morph yourself into what somebody else is already doing. Like God created each and every one of us uh, with 
you know, our own specialty that, you know, no human being is alike any other human being, right? We're all God's creation in a beautiful, unique way. And so, for, I, you know, I, I, I wish that I would have known this early. I mean, I knew it in some ways, but, but you know, Hollywood is so, uh, wants you to morph yourself into, well, this is working, so go do that, you know? Um, and, but I think my freedom really, really came uh, when I realized that I was enough the way that God had created me to be with my unique background and story and, uh, and to pursue the things that I wanted to, that he put in my heart to pursue. And, and, you know, I mean, that was really, for me, it was the faith-based industry. Like I, I really had a heart from early on to, to, uh, make Christian faith-based films and to build a genre that really didn't exist um, or that was underground even, you know, when, when I started, I mean, I was, you know, I was on, when I was 18, I did my first two Christian films as a, as a, um, for Edward McDougall, uh, as an intern in college when I was at Moody Bible Institute. And then I think, and then I got on Evening Shade when I first came out here at 19. And then it was, and then I was 22 when I had 21 or 22 when I had done Second Glance and got cast in the first, you know, that was my first lead in a Christian movie, even though it was a short, it was 50 minutes, you know, and, and I can look back and go, oh, uh, what, you know, I had bad hair or, you know, the production <laughs> was so tiny and coming from, you know, a hit television show where everybody on that show was an Oscar, Emmy or Tony winner. And, you know, it was million dollar plus episodes every week on CBS top 10 to doing this little independent Christian movie. But even, but I, what I loved about it was, you know, Rich Cristiano, I think the thing that, you know, I call him the godfather, certainly he was my godfather in the Christian film industry, is that he, he had a thing for stories though. And he had, you know, and he was able to do it in, in, in a very unique way at that time. Um, and I value that. And I think, you know, and I've, I've been really grateful to, to take the different things that I've learned over the years and, and apply them to what we're doing today. And, and, uh, you know, so much that a studio came in and bought pure flicks partnered with us so much that, you know, different studios have been partnering with us for the theatricals that we do, or, you know, the movie redeeming love that's out, you know? And so it's like, uh, I'd love to say that it was all, you know, I had, it was all preconceived. It wasn't, I just tried to follow in the, in what I the steps yeah. that I believe the Lord Lord was leading me in at the time. Well, and you and you guys have have done so much. I mean, you've paved the way in Christian filmmaking. There wasn't before God's Not Dead when you when you look at things and we're, when you look at where we are now from 2014 to now. There's been such a major growth, as you mentioned, a major studio coming in and, and buying Pure Flix and all of these different elements that really required a lot of sacrifice. I mean, over the years, you and I have known each other for a while, and I was you know really learning your story over the years and all the things you guys went through and sacrifice. It's been pretty incredible to look at all of that and see that picture and, and see where things are now, which brings me to my last question for you. And this is another, I think, difficult one. Maybe it won't be, but I would find this hard to answer. In, in 10 years, if you could look ahead, where do you want to be when it comes to your career and, and the storytelling you do? Mm, um. 
wow, that is a hard, that, yeah, I, you know, when every, what you read like goal oriented books and everything else, they're like, you know, have that vision and write it down. And, you know, where are you in five years, 10 years, you know, one month from now? Um, I don't know exactly. I don't know where I want to be in 10 years. I hope I, a couple things I do hope though, is I hope that PureFlix continues to grow and spread around the world. And so Netflix is not the only major, you know, uh, uh, obviously there's other streaming video on demand services uh, around the world, but, uh, you know, Netflix really takes that, you know, you can get it in almost any country in the world. And, and I, I hope that PureFlix is able to continue its growth in a way that, you know, um, almost for, for evangelism, you know, is that we're able to, to, to put it in every country in the world that people are able to see it and see this, our, our content all over. I mean, we do it in a different way, you know, through foreign, uh, through the foreign sales team that takes out the theatricals and, and our movies, you know, one by one, but I would love that service to be there. Um, and then as far as 10 years from now, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope that I'm still here and I hope that I'm still making films and, and people are, uh, haven't grown tired of David A.R. White by then. Uh, they but, won't, they won't, um, you know, and that we continue to just have fresh and innovative ideas that, uh, that people can go, Oh, wow. I hadn't seen that before. I I'm really taken by that. That's great. That's a great, that's a great look ahead for 10 years. That really wasn't hard for you at all. And, it, and listen, I, based on what you've done, I think you will accomplish all of that. And I got I to gotta thank you for coming on today. Everybody who is watching, make sure you check out Love on the Rock on Pure Flix. David, as always, it was great talking to you. Billy, you're a pleasure uh, and you're a blessing to us all. So God bless you and thank you. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free trial. From kids content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I app. And that was David A.R. White talking about Love on the Rock. Go and watch that film right now over on Pure Flix. Now, we're going to shift gears a little bit here, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about this conversation with Caleb Grimm. If you're not familiar with Caleb, he is one of the singers in Anthem Lights. Anthem Lights is a popular Christian band, and he's also the star of a new show, and I love the title of the show. It's called A Show About Anthem Lights, and it's an animated series. It's an original series from a firm. And this is a show that really mixes music and fun and comedy. And again, it's for everyone. It recaps sort of the ups and downs of life in a boy band. And again, they're singing throughout the whole thing. So there's a lot of fun music that you get to hear in this show. And Caleb and I are going to be talking about the behind the scenes details. Obviously, we'll be talking about the band, but then how they came up with this show. 
How did a show about Anthem Lights come to be? And so we're going to check that out right now with Caleb Grimm. Caleb, how's it going today? It's going well, Billy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So there's a lot going on for you and for the band. You have a new show that just premiered on Pure Flix on the 12th. It's called A Show About Anthem Lights. Talk to me a little bit about this show. What can people expect from this? Uh, it's silly. It's so insanely ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's just, it's almost a parody of our real lives. You know, we've, we've been doing music together for 10 years and we're like brothers, you know, it's been kind of a, a family feel for a lot of years now. And, and so this show is just kind of about us figuring out life together, music together, business together, um, in a really zany, silly way. Well, and it's animated, right? Which, which is really unique. Cause you guys could have done a lot of different things, right? You could have done a reality show, not that you'd want to, but you could have, you could have done whatever. What made you guys choose animation? So our good friend and longtime producer, Rob Hawkins, who is the, he, he created the show. He came to us with this idea about, and almost four years ago and just sort of made a pitch because we, like you just mentioned, we had, we had discussed like a live action movie about like our story and we've discussed like doing a reality situation and just like, what's a, what's an interesting way to do an inside peek at what we do for a living. And, and he pitched this idea of an animated show, which we thought was a great idea because it didn't, it, it didn't feel self-involved. Like it didn't feel um, like it was right. taking ourselves too serious. You know, it was just kind of fun and it was music based, which we liked. It was like a, another facet of music that we love, you know, the fun, upbeat pop stuff, which usually we're, you know, looking longingly into a camera and it's real serious, but on the show, all the music is really fun and upbeat and jokey. And so we just really gravitated towards the idea of doing something fun. So let's let's talk about the music because there's a lot of music. It is a really fun show. Um, this music, I'm assuming now some of it's kind of silly and fun. It's all original music to the show. Most of it. It is. All of it is is original, uh, mostly written by Rob, who create. I mean, he's written all the episodes and he's putting together most of the music. And we, you know, we join him and collaborate on some of the writing as well. But uh, yeah, it's all original, no covers. So I think there's like 52 songs in season one. So it's a it's a huge amount of music. It's a lot of music. It's a lot of music. All right. So, so you're doing this, you're putting it out there. What for you, and you mentioned a lot of little tidbits of information there. Obviously it's a way to kind of tell your story in a fun way. It's unique. It's not too self-involved. You get to kind of poke fun at yourselves and have a good time with it. But at the end of the day, when the season's done and the audience has had a chance to watch this great show, what is it that you want people to take away from it? Uh, maybe that we just don't, I don't know. I guess people may have preconceived notions about what it's like to be in Christian music or what it's like to be a cover artist or what it's like to be a singer. I don't know. Maybe people just have ideas about Anthem Lights. And I, I think we just, again, we like the idea of doing something that was completely flipped on its head. Like we're, we're not serious. It's not emotional. It's, it's completely silly. And uh, I've always thought the guys are really funny. You know, we always have, we have so many laughs and such a good time together that it's like, man, I wish the, the, how do we put this in the music without it being like out of place? And this was finally like, Hey, we can actually be ourselves and be hilarious and it makes sense and it'd be right for what we're creating. 
Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Like getting a chance to like have fun and and put something out that get, lets you have your real personality. Maybe just you know laugh a little bit. It's it, I would imagine it's hard to do that when you're creating real music and putting it out there. And there's a limited sort of opportunity for people to see who you are. You know, getting a chance to do it in this animated TV show form is probably one of the best ways to do it. Sure. Yeah. And it's a new opportunity for us. We've never acted before. And although we're playing ourselves, we're playing dialed up versions of ourselves, you know, kind of, uh, like I said, parodies of ourselves. So it's fun to kind of get into character, if you will. Well, yeah, it's exciting and people can watch it on Pure Flix. Now, just to talk a little bit about Anthem Lights, because I think a lot of people, and I, and I say this often in interviews, they get a chance to become sort of a fan of a band or of a musician. And you sort of like meet that that band where they are, you follow their music, but you don't always get a chance to know who are people, where did they come from? Can you tell us a little bit about what were the roots of Anthem Lights? Because you guys have been together now. You mentioned it's been a decade. So just talk about how you guys came together. Yeah, man, it's been a winding path. Um, <laughs> it started back in Virginia at Liberty University. It was it began actually as a solo project for Chad. Like he and one of the original members, Alan, were writing for his solo project, working with a the producer there. And uh, they got to talking one day, and they're like, "Man, this this might be more interesting and more unique if it were a group. What would it look like if we were to?" add a couple of voices to this and chad was super into the idea he grew up as we all did on vocal groups you know christian groups and the boy band era in the 90s and and we loved you know we all love vocal music vocal pop music um and so i was going to liberty at the time and chad had been a, a student there and so we met through liberty um and so the four original members began there and started having discussions with with labels in town uh, in Nashville, excuse me. And so we eventually moved to Nashville, did a, a Christian label deal there, um, and traveled, did the, you know, 150 shows a year for a couple of years touring and sort of did the, the traditional Christian music model. Um, after we parted ways, we parted ways with our label after our first record. And we just kind of in the interim, as we were shopping other deals, we, we did some YouTube covers because we felt like that was when Twitter and YouTube and things were really starting to take off in 2011, 2012. Um, and we felt like we had a lot of momentum online, but we didn't want to lose that as we were trying to figure out what the next move was. So we just did some YouTube covers and in that process discovered that we could reach millions and millions of eyeballs on the internet. Whereas we had just spent our entire life basically on the road trying to get in front of eyes. We did a video yeah. and it got a million views like, wait a minute, I think we could stay home and make music and do it this way. And so that was that started the process of making digital content, creating music videos. And, um, you know, we've been doing that for a number of years now and have, have been able to find a way to make a living, not playing shows, but staying home with our families and just creating content. And I think uh, to bring it full circle, this animated series is just a further extension of that. Like, how can we think outside of the box of the traditional, typical model? and create different content that would reach new eyeballs. See, that's pretty amazing too, that, that you, you had that journey, right? Cause you guys kind of, you were saying it was 2011, 2012, you're hitting it at the time when a lot of people were trying to figure out the social platforms. You guys have a huge blueprint and footprint rather on 
social media. You've got millions of followers. And that's amazing, getting a chance to kind of find another way to do what you love, but to have a little twist on it, get to be with your families, not have to be on the road every single second. And now with this Pure Flix show, you have this chance to, again, introduce new people to your music, serve your fans in a really fun way. Uh, but I have to ask you, because you told that story, it started at Liberty. I mean, a lot of people start bands, right? A lot of people come together and they've got big dreams. Could you have ever imagined that you would have ended up where you are now? Like when you look back over the last decade, I would imagine it's probably crazy for you to look at. Yeah. I mean, it feels it feels divine in some ways. And it's been, like I said, it's been a winding path, you know, a lot of heartbreak, you know, labels dropping and members quitting and a lot of moments along the way. We're like, well, maybe this isn't supposed to be anymore. You know, and we just kind of keep putting our foot in front of the other and, and new doors open and we try to run through them and do the best we can. And, and we're just, uh, it's, it's a fun time to be in music. It's an interesting time to be in music. And like I said, we're always looking for new ways to reach different people. And so we're excited about this show. How does your how does your faith drive you? You know, I'm I'm curious in that because I know I know this is a it's a tough industry and I think people probably don't realize, you know, yes, Christian music is Christian music, but it's still a business. How do you how do you rely on your faith to sort of navigate the dynamics that I would imagine are are sometimes difficult? It is difficult because I think specifically for us just because we have strayed, so to speak, from the the typical CCM worship artist model. Um, truthfully, because I guess we don't see the we don't see it as a Christian band. We are men of faith, and we're you know the the people in the band are Christians, but the band is just a band, you know. Um, and so we try to just live as authentically as we can as individuals, and let that pour in through the music how it does, but also not force. Uh, a branding narrative or something onto the band itself. Um, sure. But like I said, faith is a huge part of our lives and it will always be a huge component of what we do. And, you know, with Pure Flix specifically, it's such an amazing opportunity to truly embrace that community. Like, it, and just regardless of us trying to be a Christian band or, or force faith into anything we do, it's just, it, I, we're thrilled to just sort of like, wrap our arms around the pure flicks community and the Christian community. Be like, look, we're Christians. You're Christians. We want to create clean content. You want to watch clean content. Uh, so this is a match made in heaven. I love that. Now I got to go back to the show and ask a couple of questions because you, it's obviously zany. It's fun. Uh, there's a lot of great storylines. I don't want to spoil any of them in these, in these episodes. Now you said this was a way to kind of show people a lens into your lives and to make that fun and, and to give people that look. How many of these storylines, and maybe none of them are, but I'm actually curious, are like loosely based on a true story? Uh, I don't think any of them are completely made up. Every every plot line is based in some <laughs> facet of reality. I mean, they're like they're ridiculous and they're overdone, but I mean, every episode is loosely done. Like when we, you know, we've auditioned for the the silly, you know singing competition shows and you know so that the first episode you can watch online right now is is about you know us auditioning for an episode of star crushers which is you know a parody of american idol or the voice or whatever which we have auditioned for and failed miserably so it's all based on actual life experience uh you know my favorite episode is an episode called food fight and it's about we're just at a restaurant and we're all ordering different 
you know, what we order, but much like real life, we all have very different dietary restrictions. Joey's vegan and Chad usually eats keto and Spencer lives for fast food. And I have my own thing. Like we all have our different, uh, you know, preferences. And the entire episode is just us being insanely difficult at a restaurant, trying to get our order right. And each of us have a different silly song about the type of diet that we're on. And it's, it's fun. Like it's fun to just kind of like be inspired by our, by our real life and, and put that into the show. So that that's interesting. Like there's there's a little bit of truth to all of these things. Like there may be something. Yeah. Maybe it didn't happen exactly that way. And I love the plays on the names of the people, you know, uh, who were on uh you know, Star Crushers. Uh, that was that was a great. It was a lot of fun that episode. Um right. now now as as a parent cuz you're a parent, you've got you've got young kids. How old are your kids? 1, 3 and 5. 1, 3 and 5. That is wow. That's crazy. So um, now, obviously, so this tired. is. <laughs> I was going to say you. You probably don't sleep a whole lot. Um, yeah. But this is a show for for everyone. Obviously, this is a show for you know any any age really. Um, but have you shown your five year old? Have you shown your kids any of these episodes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are their what are their reactions? Uh, they think it's hilarious. They're mind blown when they hear my voice because they they don't. I don't think they're old enough quite to like see my image and think, Oh, that looks like daddy. But when I speak, they're like, right. that sounds just like you. I'm like, baby, it is me. Like, this is a show about daddy's band. Like, <laughs> you know, that's Mr. Spencer and that's Mr. You know, I'm trying to like help them put the piece. But it's like over their heads. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. I mean the main, the, the, the giant concern for my five-year-old was the antagonist character, Tommy, who has, you know, he's just like this, he's sort of like our nemesis band leader or whatever. And his eyes and yeah. teeth are extremely yellow, which, you know, it's just kind of like, a, I guess, a way to let the audience know he's yellow. Yeah, they're noticeable, the yellow teeth. They're very noticeable. Yeah, they're yes. gross. And he was, like, he was like, Daddy, why is that man's eyes yellow? Like, he just didn't understand. And I was like, yeah, that's a fair question. It's a very I fair think it's question. Most, it's so that you know he's the bad guy. But yeah, they love it. I, lo- I love that. Well... Well, I'm I'm super excited about the show, and I know the audience is absolutely going to to love it. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, what what for you is success for this show? Uh, well, the goal obviously is for Pure Flix to gain subscribers, so that would be a, a win for them. And for us, it's to to connect with a new audience. I think that's that's the it's a collaboration. You know, we want to use our fan base and hopefully point them to Pure Flix. Like, hey, this is a great alternative to to media, and uh, hopefully, Pure Flix will do the same for us. Like, hey, here's a band that you can trust with your family. Um, they make good, wholesome, hopefully uplifting, inspiring content. So that would be a win if we could share some of those fans. That's a, that's a huge win. And you know, as well as I do that the audience who wants this content, the people who are watching to this, this right now and listening to this, these are people who are looking for things that they can safely watch with their family, enjoy and not have to compromise anything for that. And that's such a huge thing. And there's such a lack of that content, despite this massive audience of people out there. So I commend you guys for creating this show and putting this out there so that people can have a good laugh with everyone in their family and really enjoy it. So thanks so much for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like you, like we just discussed, I have kids and you know, I'll, I'll put on YouTube or whatever for them, like YouTube kids. And, and the, while the content I select is usually fine for them every once in a while, an ad will come across that is not really geared towards children. And I'm like, what, what is happening? Like, so it's, it pure flex is kind of a breath of fresh air. You can just sort like, of, why is this happening? Right. Yeah, you can just kind of trust that like, this is, this is good. 
Absolutely. Well, listen, I so appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on today. And everyone else, it's a show about Anthem Lights. Check it out right now on Pure Flix. We'll have to have you back again sometime soon. I'd love it. Yeah. Let's get all the guys in here. And that was Caleb Grimm. You can check the show out. It's called A Show About Anthem Lights, streaming right now over at PureFlix. And listen, I hope you will join us next week for another episode of the show. We also have our special Sons of Thunder Redemption after show series, which you can hear right here on the PureFlix podcast. We are rounding out to the end on that show, and so you'll have another episode to hear next week. We break down each episode of Sons of Thunder Redemption, take you through the show, and if you're just starting to watch that series, go back and listen to the other after shows. We get into theology, we get into just the lessons we can learn from the show, and we kind of break down different theories, and they're fan theories, right, about what could be happening and what might happen throughout. Again, that's Sons of Thunder Redemption. Check that out right here on the Pure Flix podcast, and I will see you all very soon for another episode of the show. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at facebook.com slash pureflix and on Twitter at pureflix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for thousands of faith and family-friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix podcast.